1: Hello, everyone. This is Becky Robinson, and I am so excited to welcome you to the very first episode of our new season, Season 2 of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. Here at the Book Marketing Action Podcast, we want to give you information that you can immediately implement to increase your influence and market your books more successfully. And I am so thrilled today to welcome as our first guest of the new season, Peter Winnick. Peter, welcome. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad to have you. So as we get started, Peter, would you take a moment to tell our audience about yourself and your work?
0: Sure. It's one of my favorite topics, actually. (laughs) I'm currently the founder and CEO of Thought Leadership Leverage, and we are a boutique consulting firm. We're small, got about 12 people on staff. And we work with a wide variety of authors, speakers, thought leaders, consultants, academics, and organizations, helping them develop and deploy their thought leadership. So everything from strategy to brand to productization to sales and marketing.
1: Great. Thank you so much. And we will include a link, obviously, to your website and other info in our show notes. And we'll talk about that later on in today's podcast. And this month at the Book Marketing Action Podcast, we are talking all about thought leadership. So what I thought would be great is to do some basic info today for some beginning beginners. And Peter, I'm wondering if you could do some definitions for us and explain what you mean when you say a thought leader or
0: thought leadership. Yeah, I think it's a great question because what happens is people say, let's have a conversation around thought leadership, right? And they start talking, right? So if you and I were to have a conversation around lunch, we know that's the second meal of the day, right? But thought leadership is to some, this sort of amorphous thing. So some people think about it, And it's really content marketing. And content marketing is great, but it's not thought leadership. Other people think about it. And what they really mean is subject matter expertise, deep technical expertise in a domain that has a very small audience. The way I define thought leadership is I split it in two. Number one, thought. So, what is it that you're saying that is really, really thoughtful? And thoughtful could come from not just your opinions, but data, research, experience that you have working with clients. And how are you adding to that? Right? So, it's not just, repeating sort of tidbits or best practices, etc. So there's got to be something thoughtful there. And then the other piece is leadership. And this is really where I think it's, it gets fun, is you have to have the courage to lead the conversation, to lead the direction into sort of uncharted waters and new terrain it's not a popularity contest. Not everybody has to agree with you. That's not the goal, but you've got a different take or a new take or an addition to the conversation and whatever the discipline is that you want to bring to life. So I think it's the combination of the thoughtfulness and the courage to lead. The snarky answer to your question, it's it's not called thoughtless followership.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And that's a really helpful definition and something new for me. So thank you for sharing it. So Peter, tell me, why would someone want to be a thought leader?
0: Yeah, I think there's lots of reasons. When we work with clients, we talk about their goals in terms of three categories. There's an intrinsic motivation, right? Like I find it really gratifying when I get an email from someone about a book that I wrote that they internalize what I was talking about and it changed the way they think, believe, behave, do, act, or something like that. It's gratifying to be on the stage and get applause. I am evangelizing what I've developed. Part of my mission to be on this planet is to get it out there. That's one set of goals. Other goals might be income. Like this would be the way I want to make a living with my own work. And then the other piece, which not a lot of people think about enough, in my opinion, is, wait a minute, I could actually develop some assets and have some exit at some point in the future, right? No one has ever bought anybody's speaking business. But if you're really smart about how you configure the business side of your thought leadership, consulting firms might buy it. It could be licensed. There's so many ways to monetize that that content that's beyond you.
1: That is really useful. So thank you. And so people might be listening today and they have invested in building traditional thought leadership. And I'm curious, Peter, do you draw a line between someone being a traditional thought leader and someone being an online thought leader?
0: Well, yes and no. So the no would be online is just another modality, right? If you email your accountant, is he suddenly an online accountant? No, that's just a mode of communication. However what i have seen a lot of work i would say is not thought leadership is sort of the internet marketing direct to consumer influencer instagram thing that's not thought leadership kim kardashian's a lot of thing a thought leadership ain't
1: <laughs> so do you think it requires someone to share their content and thoughts online to be a thought leader
0: yeah i think you need to be able to clearly articulate what your thoughts are in a variety of modalities. And I think that's a big challenge for men because if you're a writer, if you're the typical sort of nerdy, introverted wordsmith writer, and I say to you, that's great. The data shows us that the average Amazon business book, people don't get paid past page 18. That's a problem. So what do you need to do? So part of what you need to do is have the courage to try other modalities, try short form video, try infographic, try other means that might not be your in your comfort zone and might not be your sweet spot, but you have to reach people where they are. And not everybody, I'm old school. I'm probably like you, Becky. I love I read two, three books a week, but I'm not normal. That's not the way you typically get people's attention.
1: Well it sounds like that's the leadership side, the courage to go to places to share your thoughtful
0: ideas with the world. Well, it's the leadership, but it's also the marketing side, right? So if you're an academic that typically communicates the way academics do, lots of footnotes and you know lengthy and whatever, and you're trying to resonate with a sales audience that's got the attention span of a gnat, that's not going to work. And something has to change, and they're not going to change. So if you really want to connect with a specific audience, the objective is the burden's on you to meet them where they are.
1: Got it. How can someone know if they're a thought leader or not, Peter? Can I just declare, hey, I'm a thought leader about book marketing? Or when do you know that you've arrived or achieved that thought leadership status?
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. So I've been at this a long time. I've been at this for about 15 years. And when I started the business, the term that made me cringe was guru, right? So everybody was a guru. Everybody was a guru, whatever. Now thought leadership is almost there. So my rule is number one, don't ever, ever, ever bestow that title upon yourself. That is like, total jerkdom. It is for others in the field that you're in to bestow upon you. It's a term of, I don't know, it's a term of respect. It's a term of recognition. It's a term of, hey, I know that Becky's a thought leader in the world of books and book marketings and such. That's for me to say, if you introduce yourself as, hey, I'm the greatest thought leader on book marketing, I'm immediately doubting the credibility.
1: I hear that. And I'm with you, Peter. I can't stand it when people say, oh, I'm a social media guru. Please. No, thank you. All right. So what are some (laughs) steps that someone can take if they aspire to thought leadership? It's not something we can bestow upon ourselves, but for someone who's listening, who would like to become someone who's recognized by the market as a thought leader, what are some steps that they would take to get there?
0: Yeah. So everybody wants the three steps to success right? That's what everybody wants. Here's the easy way out. I think the way that you have to think about that is number one, what's the strategy? What are the goals and what are the objectives? And then everything else is quite frankly, a tactic, right? So why is it that you want to be a thought leader? What does that mean to you? Does that mean in one role and want to make a living doing it this way? Does that mean that I want recognition on a global stage? I want to be invited to doc. What does it mean? Get really clear about what it means, what the outcomes are and what you're willing to invest time, energy, effort, and money. Once you're clear about that, then everything else is a tactic. So for example, I have a lot of clients come to me and they get Book obsessed. I'm writing a book, writing a book, writing a book, whatever, great. What are the goals? So if I were to talk to you a year after that book's out, what are the goals that you'd like to achieve? And if they don't have any clarity around that, I feel comfortable telling them now is not the time for you to write that book until you can answer those questions. So I think it's the same with the thought leader. Why do you want to be one? Well what does success look, look like and reverse engineer it? If it's about ego and recognition, that's cool. If it's about I want to take my consulting fee or speaking free from X to 3X, that's fine. If it's about scale and impact and you want people People talking about your stuff when you're not there, that's cool too. But I think oftentimes people get too focused on, I'm going to be a Twitter expert or a LinkedIn influencer or whatever, whatever. And it's like, okay, to what avail?
1: Yeah. What's the end goal and what are you working toward? And Peter, I talk to our clients a lot about that as well. So it's helpful to have that reinforcement. So I'm curious though, what are some important consistent actions that you think someone who aspires to thought leadership should be implementing? What are some of those tactics that you recommend to people who hope to build and deepen their expertise well, and thought leadership?
0: Well, I think a couple things. Number one, the key issue is consistency. Key issue is consistency. So oftentimes what happened is, I can actually take a look at what someone has put out in the world, and probably lay that over their calendar and find the lulls. Oh, when I have the time to, I'll do a lot of stuff. So you've got to be methodical, and you've got to be consistent. So in terms of actions, the first step is to define what am I right? So I call this the solve for X. So there's lots of people out there in the leadership space, in the management space, in the resilience. Space. And the world doesn't need another book on whatever it is you're writing. It needs a good book with a different perspective. So. You have to define what your platform is. Once you define what your platform is, the action steps are to get out there and continue to do it and consistently do it and listen louder than you speak. We might think that, wow, I just came up with this short form video or this blog. It's the best thing I ever did. And you put it out to the universe and crickets right? Nothing happens. Okay. Well, that's information. On the other hand, you might come out with something and say, I'm almost embarrassed to hit send on this because I think it's not good. I was a little fuzzy that day, whatever. And all of a sudden it gets a lot of response. It's not for you to judge, right? So, wow. What was it about that piece at that time in that format that got it to resonate with people and then make another bet there and make another bet there and keep pushing and listen and sort of get over yourself and listen loudly. The market will tell you what it wants from you.
1: I love that. Thank you so much. That is such good insight of really listening to the feedback that you get about the ideas that you put out into the world and use that to adjust and show up with that consistent thoughtfulness. Thank you so much, Peter. I love that. So one of the things that we do here on the Book Marketing Action Podcast is that we end every single episode with some action steps that people can take immediately that will help them, again, grow their influence online and market their books. So I'm wondering if you could suggest a couple of action steps for people now here at the beginning of 2021 who may be thinking about how to grow their thought leadership, how to contribute value to online conversations. What would you recommend to some great next steps this we begin the new year?
0: Yeah. So as you know, you have to build it before you need it, right? People come to you when they're ready to get a book out to the universe or the book is coming out and they don't have the followers. You can't do that quickly, right? So number one is what can you do to consistently grow the right followers? So it's not a numbers game. People get obsessed with how many followers I have and all that, but it's the right followers. So the first thing I would say is define with a high level of specificity who the avatars are that you care most about as high level of specificity as you can. So I would rather a client come to me and say, you know what, I think my work is most relevant to engineers that are really, really good at what they do, that it's their first time in a management role. Uh, got it. Highly technical person in a management role for the first time. I can see that and I know what that talks to. So. That would be number one, define the avatars, high level of specificity, and then everything that you do should be with them in mind. Where are they? Where are they hanging out online? Where are they hanging out offline? How do they consume content? How do I get their opinions? How do I talk to them? Content does not have to be developed in isolation, and thought leadership doesn't have to be developed in isolation. Start talking to those folks. Ask them about the problems. Be really clear around the pain points. So my time is limited. So as a result of investing, I don't care about the 25 bucks for the book. I care about that's five hours of my life. What am I going to get out of that? What's the outcome for me? What is that going to help me do, think, act, behave, believe differently? And I think you got to get really clear on the avatars, the pain points and meeting them where they are.
1: So that's a great one. And really quickly, in case we do have some of those beginning beginners who may not have a lot of marketing expertise, would you mind to define avatar? What do you mean when you say avatar?
0: Yeah. So we spend a lot of time with clients defining the avatar. So one example, someone comes up and say, Hey, I'm a leadership expert. I say, great. Who does this apply to? Oh, everybody. Okay. Well, unless you're Coca-Cola or Procter & Gamble, you don't have the marketing budget to market to everybody. And by the way, it probably isn't for everybody. So an avatar is a definition that is representative of the markets that you serve. And typically, people might have two to five of them. And it's usually some combination of psychographic and demographic. It's not married women 35 to 45 with children. That works for CPG, companies trying to sell breakfast cereal or something. But in this case, it's a combination of it could be where they sit in the organization. It could be are they open minded. So it's a combination of the psychographic and the demographic. And it's really hard to craft good avatars, which is why most people don't do it well.
1: How about a second action step today, Peter?
0: Is being able to articulate the pain points that you solve. Right. So I think that's sometimes thought leaders get stuck in their own stuff and thinking about it from the other perspective of, okay, great. That's interesting. You may be smart, maybe you're world renowned, whatever, but what kind of pain relief is this? So I know that I have a headache. I take Tylenol, right? I know that if something else hurts, I get an antibiotic, whatever. What are the pain points?
1: That is a terrific one. So if you're listening today and you are going to implement one or both of these pain points, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, Becky, at weavinginfluence.com. Tell me about the avatars that you've identified for your work and tell me the pain point that your work solves. And I would love to see you take action on the amazing ideas that Peter has shared with us today. I'm going to ask one more question Peter, you had a great idea about how we need to listen loudly when we are creating thought leadership. Is there an action step that you can recommend as a way that people can practically implement that great idea that you had about listening loudly?
0: So one is, basically, people tend to be linear thinkers. So I'm going to create something, and then I'm going to publish that something, and then good things will happen. So I'm going to write a book, people are going to buy that book, and then people are going to hire me to do A, B, C, and D. So one of the things that we look at is, wait a minute, part of the creation process can be a business development process. So if I'm writing a piece, article, book, whatever, on this pain point for this avatar, don't make it theoretical, right? Make it concrete. So why don't I talk to three people that look like the avatars that might be suffering from the pain that I'm alleging that I alleviate and ask them what they think and marry that against my models, frameworks, and methodologies. It's a great way to create better thought leadership. And it's also a great way to develop relationships that can turn into business opportunities for you.
1: Great. Thank you so much. So as we wrap up today's episode, the first one in the new season, Peter, I'd love it if you could share with our listeners how they can get to know you more, find out more about you and where the best places are for them to connect with you online.
0: You could email me directly at peter at thoughtleadershipleverage.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, And then the other places you could find us are thoughtleadershipleverage.com, which is the website. And then we also have a podcast as well, which is Leveraging Thought Leadership. And that's on all the usual podcast places, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera. And we've got, I think, about 280 episodes so far. So you might be interested in listening to some of those.
1: Yeah. And I think one of them is with me. So we'll put the link to my episode with you, Peter, in the show notes in case people want more from the two of us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And
1: Peter, I want to thank you for investing your time and sharing your expertise with us today. And I wish you the most successful of 2021s. And I hope it's fun. And I hope there are many great things ahead for you. So thank you so much.
0: To you as well. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll subscribe today and tell a friend about our show. If you're looking for hands-on help to market your book or have a question you'd like to hear me answer here, please email me, Becky at weavinginfluence.com.